All right. Well, good morning again. Welcome to H2O. It's great to have you here with us. You know, we talked about this during worship, but it is a new year. It is a new decade. It's an exciting opportunity to start afresh and to begin something new. And I I love that God is a God of new things. And I love this time of year because I think that there's so much potential. You know, that's something that's cool about a new year is like it it, it just signifies what we really have in Christ every day, a new opportunity to have a fresh start. But there's something symbolic about a new year that many of us grab hold of. And so uh, this year we are starting off and we're spending this month of January in a series that we're calling Rhythms, and we're talking about living life in the way of Jesus. And I think that it's a pretty interesting statement just to think about that reality of what does it actually look like to live life in the way of Jesus. And as we make our way through this series, I think we're going to discover and see that much of the way of Jesus actually comes in direct opposition to the way that the world has found itself in this time and in this day and in this age. And so we're going to compare and contrast and we're going to look at what it looks like to follow and walk with Jesus. We're specifically going to be talking about some of the spiritual disciplines and how God wants us to connect deeply with him. But thinking about the the new years, uh, it's really interesting. I'm sure if we kind of took a poll throughout all the different people that are here, we'd have a lot of different resolutions, wouldn't we? And some of us are anti-resolution, but most of us, we probably made something, you know, whether we said it out loud, whether we wrote it down, or whether we just kind of thought it in our minds. We probably made some type of of resolution. I know for myself, I did. I I did the stereotypical, I want to be healthier, I want to get in shape, I want to lose a little weight, I, I want to eat a little bit better. Uh, probably a lot of us we have health resolutions maybe some of us we have financial resolutions or relational resolutions we we probably could span a a lot of different topics as if we would ask you what's important to you what do you want to focus on this year but it was interesting I I was staying up late on New Year's Eve I was you'd be so proud of me I made it till midnight this year which the year before I didn't so uh, I, I was watching you know with my family we let our kids stay up and we were we were watching all the different shows, you know, in, in Times Square as the ball is dropping. And about a couple minutes before it hits midnight, all the people that are on these shows, they start to get a little bit, you know, reflective. And they start asking each other these questions. They start saying, do you have any resolutions? You know, what do you want this next year to look like? And as I was watching a couple different shows, it was really interesting. First, it was interesting because everybody was surprised by that question. I'm like, you're on TV, you know, on New Year's Eve. Don't you think that they're going to ask you that? But here's what almost every person to the T said. They said something along the lines of, wow, I don't really know. You know what, I guess I, guess I just want to be more present. I guess I just want to like be in the moment. I guess I just want to experience life to the fullest. I guess I just want to be wherever I am and enjoy the moment that I'm in. And as I heard that, I thought, that's that's actually a great resolution, right? Like, don't we all want that? In fact, as, as you look at even like psychologists, whether they're Christian psychologists or whether they're secular psychologists, they'll tell you that one of the keys to happiness is actually just being present. You know, being in the moment, experiencing the, the situation that you're in. Even if you're in a hard time, even if you're in a sad moment, a moment of grief or of pain, it, it actually helps you to be present in that moment. And obviously in the moments of joy and excitement, to be present, that's really a huge part of how God created us. But here's the problem, and we're going to kind of lay out the problem today as we head into this series of rhythms. Uh, the problem is our world and our culture and the place 
place that we find ourselves in makes it extremely hard for us to do that very thing. Our world is so full of distractions, so full of things that are pulling at our attention. Uh, it, it starts with the technology in all of our pockets, and, and, and it's so easy for us. We can be in this like really cool moment, this really cool conversation, and I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. It, we can be experiencing this great thing, and it's so easy just to glance down at our phone. Oh, did a text come in? Oh, did something, a notification pop up on Facebook? You know, it's so hard to be present because we have things pulling our attention and then for some of us we have kids and we're worried about schedules with them and we have all these different activities that we're navigating through and we have jobs and we have responsibilities and our world moves at such a fast pace that it really is hard to kind of just stop and be present and be in the moment and even as I would say as we go into the series to actually hear from and to connect with God. And one of the main enemies in us being able to connect with God, to be able to experience him, is the crazy pace at which we live. That is a reality that we all have to navigate in 2020. You know, it's interesting, as I was preparing for this series, uh, there's this podcast that a lot of our staff have been listening to. If you listen to podcasts, I'd, I'd love for you to write this down. It's a really cool uh, podcast, and it actually is some of what this series is based on. It's called Fight, Hustle, and End Hurry. The podcast is called Fight, Hustle, End Hurry. And there's these two pastors that are talking about what it looks like to connect with God. And in this podcast, one of the, the authors, he was saying that... Uh, this blew my mind. He was saying that in the 1930s, economists predicted that in the year 2000, the average human would only have to work about 15 hours a week. Because technology would make our lives so much simpler that, that we wouldn't really have to work that much. And we would have so much leisure time that we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves. They're actually concerned with this in the 1930s that the human race might just get bored because they would have so much free time because technology would make life so much simpler. And then even as late as the 1960s, you can go read it. There's a U.S. Senate report and this committee that predicted by the year 2000, the American work week would be 14 hours. <laughs> That's what they predicted. They said, we see the way that technology has gone. We see the way that the world has gone. We're going to become so efficient with all these things that we have that, that the average American is only going to work 14 hours a week. And they're going to have seven weeks off a year. That was a prediction of what our lives would look like. And yet we know the exact opposite has happened, hasn't it? The exact opposite. We can't get away from work. <laughs> we can't get away from the busyness of the world. The technology that we produce has actually found us in a place where we're almost living a, a frantic lifestyle. And, and I think that for, for many of us who are trying to follow and connect with Jesus, this is something that we have to address. And we're so excited to go into 2020 and talk about this. So here's the big idea. It's kind of a big idea for this whole series, but it's a big idea for today as we lay the, the groundwork. The big idea is this. Following Christ is not just about what you're doing, but it's about who you're becoming. Okay, as we seek to follow Jesus, we don't need to just pay attention to what we are doing but God cares about who we are becoming. You know, it's interesting because if you think about our world and our society and the place that we find ourselves in, there is so much emphasis put on do what you love, right? 
Do what you're passionate about. Do what God calls you to do. And, and that's a good thing. There, there's definitely nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, that's something that's pretty cool that many of us ha- have pushed into. But we also need to stop and reflect on God doesn't just care about what we do. Of course, he cares about what we do. But more importantly, God cares about who we are. More importantly, God cares about who we are becoming. Because at the end of the day, all the things that we do, they will fade away. They're kind of like chaff that gets burnt off. But who we become, that's what truly matters for eternity. And when we stand before God someday, it's not only going to be about what we did, but it's going to be about who we are and our connection with him. And and so, uh, yes, we need to worry about what we do. But more importantly, who we are is what God is most cared about. And and as I think about this reality and and walking through the rest of the series, we're going to try to give some solutions to this problem that we find ourselves in, the constant hustle, the constant hurry. And we're going to be diving into what it looks like to experience God over the next, uh, this month in January. We're going to be talking about some of these spiritual disciplines, things like taking Sabbath, having rest, things like prayer and silence and solitude and connecting with God, things like fasting, which Jesus actually commands us to do, but oftentimes we, we haven't taken the opportunity to experience because it's so easy just to continue to move forward in life. And, and I have to admit, and I want to say this disclaimer as I stand up here and kick off this series, if you know me well, you know that this is something that I struggle with just as much as anybody. You know, I stand up here as one of the pastors of this church, and I'm not teaching this series out of necessarily strength, and this is an area that I have all together. I'm teaching this series out of need and saying, I need this for myself just as much as all of us need this. I, I look at my own life, and I think I can just as easily fall into the hustle and the craziness of this world as anybody. Uh, I I wouldn't say that patience and just being still are some of my strong suits. We all have strengths and weaknesses. Mine is usually being active and doing things. And uh, it it was was kind of highlighted. We talked about, Sean talked about Guatemala and and going uh, on this Guatemala mission trip. I got the opportunity to go to Guatemala uh, two years ago. And the Guatemalan culture is a little bit different than the American culture. If you've ever been to a, a nation like that, you know that their set of values is a lot different, and they actually excel in some of the things that we might be weak at. And so we were on this trip, and, and I was just amazed at the inefficiency <laughs> that existed. I was, I was just in amazement, you know, the whole time that we were there. And uh, it, it kind of came to a head because anytime you would travel, um, and some of this is a systematic problems that they still experience in their country, but anytime you would travel, I mean, the roads were inefficient, that it took forever to get any place. Well, on uh, the day before we were about to leave, we were at this orphanage that we were helping with. It was an amazing experience. We had this awesome connection with all these girls who, uh, who had just been through so much, and we got to minister to them, and it was so cool. And, uh, you know, I was just spent by the end of the week, you know, as, as you oftentimes are emotionally on, on mission trips. And so what I really wanted to do was get back to our place where we were going to sleep, and then we were leaving the next day, and I was looking forward to getting back to my bed, you know. And so we were leaving the orphanage on this bus. Well, to, to get back to uh, the, the house that we were at, we had to drive past this prison. Prison, okay, and there, there's only one road that goes past this prison. Well, we were driving back. I think it was on a Sunday. 
Well, Sunday happens to be visitation day for the prison. And so what everybody did was they just came and parked everywhere around the middle of the road. Like, literally, they just parked in the road. It's visitation day, you know? I mean, you just show up and park wherever you can find a spot. So our bus needs to get through the road, but the road is literally just full of hundreds of cars parked everywhere in the middle of the road. And I'm thinking, I just want to get back to my bed. Like, I just want to get back and rest. And our bus driver's just kind of laughing, and everybody else on the trip's having a great attitude, and my blood pressure is rising, and I'm thinking, is there any way we can get these cars to move? And so the bus just starts kind of nudging through the cars, and every once in a while I'd have to get out. Hey, is this your car? Oh, can you, can you move it? You know, and it took us like two hours to go about 100 meters because we had to talk to about 10 or 12 different people to come move their cars so that we could finally get on the road and travel much longer than it needed to be in the first place. And, and, and I just I thought about my heart, and I even looked around the bus, and a lot of people on our team, you know, they're having great attitudes, and, and their mentality was like, hey, we're stuck on the bus. We should use this as an opportunity to just connect and get to know one another. And I struggled to have that attitude as I found myself in that position. So I say that to say I, I'm with every one of you who may hear the intro of this and say, I'm not sure if, if that's really something that I can excel at. Listen, oftentimes this mentality of needing to put more and more into our life can drive us further and further away from God, and I'm continually learning that as well. And so our hope is that these rhythms that we're going to teach and talk through and develop during this month would be something that we would pattern our lives after, so that even in the midst of our crazy world, which none of us are leaving, it's here to stay, even in the midst of our crazy world, we can find health and connection with God, and I'm really excited about that. So as we start off this series today, we're kind of just doing an overview. I want to look at one passage, and I want to kind of go in depth into this passage that will, that will guide us into talking more specifically about some of these spiritual disciplines the next three weeks. And the passage is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. If you want to open your Bibles there, we can dive into this passage, and we're going to go in depth into these three verses today. Jesus says this, Matthew chapter 11, Verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. And, and as you hear those verses, just those three short verses, you don't have to raise your hand, but I just want you to think right here, as you think about your heart, as you think about your soul, do those words resonate with you? As you think about your heart and your soul, do you think, yeah, I'm just at a place of peace. I'm at a place of rest. I, I'm at a place where there's humility and gentleness in my heart and even in the chaos of the world, there's, there's peace and there's rest in my soul. I ventured to say that many of us may say, I'm not sure that those words are truly what define my state of being, my spiritual life before God. And if you're not there, I want to tell you, there's hope for you here today. And there's hope as we explore the, the opportunities that God has given us to connect with him. See, Jesus says uh, that my yoke is easy. 
and my burden is light. He says, take my yoke upon you. So some of us, we, we may not be familiar with this term, yoke. So what is a yoke? I have a picture of a yoke that's going to come up here. This is a, a yoke, and, and during those times, and still today in agricultural societies, a, a yoke would be something that would connect two ox. And so one would be on one side, and the other would be on the other side. And it was like this connection piece that these two animals were working together as they were working the fields. And obviously, the stronger animal would be the one that would be able to pull the weaker animal behind. And as we think about a yoke, it's something that connects these two individuals together. And, and even more than that, in biblical times, a yoke was often used as a metaphor for like this state of being. You know, sometimes we would say things like there's a yoke of slavery around your neck. Or, or that there's a, a weight or a burden, a, a yoke that can oftentimes be placed upon people. And so Jesus is saying, listen, oftentimes this word yoke can be placed upon you like you can't get away from it. But I want you to know that my yoke is different. My yoke isn't heavy. It's not burdensome. But my yoke is light. You see, Jesus is kind of comparing and contrasting his way of life versus the way of the life of the world. In essence, Jesus is saying, listen, the yoke that the world puts on you is to produce, to work more, to rest when you're dead. You are what you do. That's the yoke that is put on you. But listen, Jesus says, my yoke's different than that. My yoke's much different. I want to offer you rest. I want to offer you an opportunity to grow in who I created you to be. My yoke allows you to become who you are. And not so much worry about just producing, but worry about being who I've made you to be. And, and Jesus, in talking about this yoke, is saying, listen, when you put a yoke on these two different animals, they're connected together. And so Jesus is saying, stay connected to me because as long as you're yoked with me, as long as you're connected with me, I'm the one who will do the heavy lifting. And you get to be part of the process. And man, what a beautiful picture for each one of us to experience. And so as we close up today and we go a little bit more in depth in this verse, I want to just look at these three different verbs that Jesus uses. You know, anytime you're, you're studying scripture, it's always great to look at the verbs because they oftentimes call us to action. And so I want to look at these three verbs that Jesus uses in this passage. And the first one is the very first word. He says, come to me. That word, come to me. You know, as you look at the reality of the world that Jesus was talking to during that time. There was so much legalism, and there was so much religious duty that existed. The book of Matthew was written to Jews during that time, and many of them had this yoke uh, of legalism that was placed on top of them. It was like, you, you want to please God? Well, work harder. Continue to do more and more and more for God. And if you do more and more and more, then maybe God will love you. Jesus says, listen, my yoke is different. It's not just about what you do. Just come to me. Come to me. There's no requirements. There's no action necessary. You don't have to clean up yourself before you can just come to me. You don't have to follow the traditions and the man-made rules. You can come to me. And this is the heart of the gospel. Jesus says, I'm offering you eternal life, not because of what you've done, because of what I've done 
for you. And so your only responsibility isn't to work harder and do more things. Your responsibility is just to, to come to me, to, to walk towards me and trust in me. You see, this invitation is open to every single one of us. If we're feeling exhausted, if we're feeling burnout, if we're feeling like we can't keep up with even the own standards that we're placing on ourselves, Jesus says, listen, come to me and you'll find rest. I was thinking about that word, just come, come to me. I was thinking about my kids, you know. For those of us who are parents, you know, there, there's moments in our kids' lives where maybe something happens to them, especially when they're young. Maybe somebody says something mean to them and their feelings are hurt. Or maybe they fall down and scrape their knee. Or maybe they're hurt. Maybe, who knows what the situation is. But as a parent, and I miss these days as my kids get older, especially when your kids are young, when your kids are, are hurting, when there's heaviness on their heart, you just want to open up your arms and say, come here, come here, just, just let me hold you. Come here. Let me give you a hug, you know. Be close with me. Now think about that picture. And that's what Jesus is offering each one of us. If your kid falls down and hurts their knee, you don't tell them, you don't start lecturing them and, and telling them about all the things that they did wrong. You just say, come here. You may have to do that later, but in the moment you say, come here. I, I love you. I care for you. And you draw them close to you. And that's what Jesus offers each one of us. See, the beauty of the gospel is, it's not about legalism or works. It's about Jesus and his grace. And that is freeing. There is freedom in that. Second, he says to take. That second verb there is take. Take my yoke upon me. You know, so oftentimes people are, are worried about what we can give them. But Jesus says, listen, I can give you something. I want you to take it. And to take from Jesus is a deep experience. When we come to faith in Christ, he gives us rest. He gives us peace. And he says, now it's your decision. Do you want to take it or not? Jesus offers it to each and every one of us, the peace that comes from knowing him. And Jesus offers us peace in two ways. First is peace with God. And that comes when we experience salvation in Christ. When we say, yes, I'm going to stop trying to work my way to God and trust in you and give my life to you and, and, and put my faith in Christ. That's this opportunity to be at peace with God. But then there's also the peace of God. So there's being at peace with God, which comes from knowing him. And then there's the peace of God that comes from walking with him that comes from daily connecting with him, that comes from having these rhythms of life that say, God, I want to continually connect with you. I want to lay aside the idols that I'm so tempted to run to and know you more and more. In Philippians 4, chapter, verses 6 through 8, we talked about this as we taught through Philippians last semester. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, pre present your request to God and the peace of God. That's what Jesus gives us. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus is offering it to us. The peace, the lightness, the yoke of freedom and rest. He says, will you take it? It's here for you to experience. That, that word easy in the Greek, where it says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the Greek, it actually means like well-fitting. 
So it's like Jesus' yoke, it fits each one of us perfectly. He knows us individually, and he wants to connect with us and find us in a place where it's well-fitting. And so as we walk with Jesus, man, he is the perfect God for each and every one of us. He loves us and cares for us. He says, take my peace. It doesn't mean that the hardships in our life or that the chaos that exists in the world will go away. It just means that as we experience it, we know that he's with us and we can have his peace in the midst of it. So he says, come. He says, take. And then he says, learn. He says, learn. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Remember, we said this series in knowing God just isn't about doing, but it's about becoming. And the process of learning, as Jesus invites us to learn from him, is to step into a process of growing deeper and more connected with him. And as we learn about him, we find this deeper trust and this deeper peace that each and every one of us can have. See, learning isn't just information. Sometimes because of the world that we live in and, and all the different information that's out there, we're tempted to think that learning is just information. But when Jesus talks about learning, and specifically in this passage, Jesus is saying, listen, learning is just isn't about knowing more facts. Learning is about having our hearts and our minds transformed to be the people that God wants us to be, to be made into his likeness. And sadly, many Christians think that maturity is about knowing a bunch of facts. Unfortunately, sometimes the church has made maturity in Christ about, you know, how well you can do on a Bible quiz score. And, and that's great. We need to know the Bible. We need to know the Word of God. There's great things about that. But what Jesus is talking about when he's saying learn is learn to walk like him. Learn to walk with him. Learn to grow in love. Learn to grow in patience. Learn to grow in kindness. Learn to grow in rest for your soul. It's not just about facts. It's about learning how to be more and more like Jesus. So as we go throughout this series, I'm, I'm really excited for our church to, to try to just learn, to, to come to Jesus, to, to take the peace that he offers us, and to continually learn to be more and more like him. And, and even as we close, I was just thinking about this analogy, and they used it in the podcast, and I thought it was, it was fitting because going back to this yoke analogy, something that a yoke does is it keeps the animals in step with one another. One can't get too far behind or, or too far ahead. They have to kind of stay together. And, and maybe you've experienced this, but maybe you have a friend or a spouse or somebody who's kind of a fast walker, have you ever been around some of those people? I, I joke with my wife sometimes, like if we're out for a walk or we're walking through the mall, um, usually I'm the one that always has things going on, but Sarah sometimes, she's like a fast walker, and I'm just wanting to stroll and kind of enjoy the walk, and she's like, zoom, out of here, you know? I'm like, hey, wait for me. We're supposed to be on a walk together. Maybe you've been uh, on a walk with somebody like that. And oftentimes we use that language that we're walking with Jesus, don't we? And if we're doing well in our relationship with God, it's like, hey, I'm walking close with Jesus. And if we're struggling, sometimes we say things like, oh, that person's walking away from Jesus. They're, they're not walking with Jesus right now. But I wonder if you've ever thought about, are we walking ahead of Jesus? Are, are we like the fast walker? You know, uh, we have our plans made up. 
we know what we need to do. We think that we have all these things that we have to pile onto our plate and into our life. And so, in essence, we're, we're not walking away from Jesus. We're not really even walking with Jesus, but we're way out ahead of him. Because our plans seem to make way more sense than his. It's just something to reflect on as we start off this series and as you think about your life. Are you walking ahead of Jesus? Are you walking with him? Are you walking through life yoked with him saying, just, I, I want to I be with you. I want to rest in you. I want to experience the peace. I want to experience the lightness that you have to offer my soul. When you have a burden, you hand it to him as you're walking hand in hand with him. That's the type of relationship that God wants for us. And that's what we're hoping to foster and cultivate and grow in our church as we head into 2020. So we're so thankful that you're here. We're so excited for what God's going to do. Let me pray for us as we spend a little bit more time in worship together today. God, we thank you for the power of your message of the gospel. And Lord, there's nothing more freeing than knowing that we don't have to perform, but we can just be who you've created us to be. I know many of us, we have had expectations placed on us or we placed expectations on ourselves about the type of person that we're supposed to be, the type of things we're supposed to do, and there can be a weight that comes with that. Yeah, God, you want to release us from that weight as we walk with you. God, would you help us not only to do the things that you want us to do, but would you help us to be the people that you want us to be? God, would we grow and mature and connect with you in ways that we never have in 2020 as we move forward as individuals and as a church? God, would the rhythms of our life or the rhythms of our church help us to know you more and more? I thank you that your desire isn't to use us, but your desire is to be with us. And through that, Lord, then we get to be used by you. But Lord, your primary concern is our hearts and our souls. And so God, would we tend to those as well. I thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives and what you've done for us. God, would we come to you and would we take the gift of your salvation that you offer each and every one of us. I pray all this in your name. Amen.